This is a HeadGum Podcast. Yay, it's Enemies, another episode. My name is Lisa Traeger. Always thrilled to be here. This will be a very, very short um, intro because I'm the busiest I've ever been. I can't believe it. Am I Lady Gaga? I think so. I truly always dreamt of being George Clooney and up in the air, and now I'm doing it. It's like I am on a plane all the time, and I feel, I mean, I'm in coach tomorrow, but what are y'all gonna do? Um, anyways, I'm going to a friend's house now to drop off some groceries. I bought too many groceries, and it's like, I'm not gonna eat this. Why am I buying groceries? It's not my true nature, but whatever. Um, and then I'm getting my gray covered. This is just, it's like I'm talking to my mom, filling her in on my day, and I apologize. You deserve entertainment. Um, I have nothing for you. I got nothing. I just want to introduce our guest. She is incredible. Um, I am a huge fan, supporter of her. She is a superstar, an entrepreneur, Um a comedy writer, a phenom ahead of her time. Um, in terms of internet, she has her own Instagram. I'm sure you know of official Sean Penn. They used to make amazing merch, and I had the Miranda notebook and fun celebrity stuff, you know, Oprah holding the vegetables, those those types of things. Um, so she's amazing, and it's like celeb stuff, so an incredible Instagram. Um, Caroline Goldfarb also is one of the original uh, creators of Fishwife Baby. Um so uh, that's Tinned Fish, and she was ahead of it. Now Tinned Fish is, like, fucking everywhere. So cool. She did it before. Like, I was getting packages from Fishwife during the pandemic, like, just ahead of her time in terms of knowing that everyone was going to just be going sick over Tinned Fish, just, like, horny as fuck for it. Um, Caroline's also a comedy writer. We did a couple days in the Eric Andre room together, but she's writing on Mindy Kaling's show, The College Lives of Sex Girls. You know what I mean? The Secret Lives of College Sex Girls. I don't. I can't. Um, and so that's really exciting. I'm looking at my stuffed uh, brie cheese stuffed animal that's little legs and a smile and it is her i'm just like oh god i love cute things i love our guests um we had such a fun discussion a fellow jew i love i like admire this person's fashion and um attention to fun details the patience to like cook great meals and make fun stuff and do skincare and i just um an aspirational guest and i hope you fucking love um caroline goldfarb the way i am her number one fan Oh my God, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I am so thrilled to be here. You honestly are like a romantic comedy woman where like you would look at your life and be like, that's not real. What, someone makes tinned fish and writes for television? Because How is that your life? I'm not a normal comedy person. I don't fit into any box. It's kind of the bane of my existence. Like no one understands me or what I do, but I'm basically a fishmonger slash TV writer. It's just so cool. But what is what was your first passion or all of it? You know, I definitely came from more of like a performing background and did a lot of improv and always dabbled in stand up. But it was never really look, we can't all do it like you. You know, I just I don't understand how stand ups do what they do it's like blows my mind like we're not good at anything else because like what i do i look at your like food i look at the way you cook on your instagram and i'm like wow what a full life Ugh, i just made some larb last night i'll send you the recipe it was so good i would never but, i don't i don't even have an oven like i don't cook 
th- we have to fix this. I have bo- I have hard boiled eggs. I do love hard boiled eggs. So your cholesterol is like eight thousand. <laughs> You're like only eating eggs. Funny story. I don't always eat well. Like I eat a lot and I love to eat, but I'm not like the healthiest person by any means. But I went to the doctor a couple weeks ago. I like, got my yearly checkup, and she's like what the fuck happened? Your cholesterol like skyrocketed from last year to this year. And I was like, what could it be? It's because I've been addicted to chomps. Do you know what those are? No. Chomps are basically like an Erewhon Slim Jim. They're like a processed beef stick, but made with like grass fed beef. Like it's that kind of vibe. And I eat them all the time under the illusion that I'm just healthy and it's a healthy stack. And Meanwhile, I have like the cholesterol of Homer Simpson. So anyway, be careful of chomps. <laughs> Are you going to miss your chomps? I'm still eating them. Okay, that's good. I'm cutting back, cutting back. Because you were just carte blanche. Is that what I was saying? Yeah, I was throwing carte caution blanche. to the wind. I was, it was like, I was uh, chain smoking chomps. You know what? I'm so impressed with your other life that I forgot for a moment that you also have a hit Instagram account. You know... In 2022, I feel like that just doesn't have the cachet that it used to. Like, yeah, back once upon a time, I was killing it in the meme game. You know, I was just slaying it on official Sean Penn, had the world at my fingertips, celebrity followers. I I couldn't do wrong. But now, like, we're in a TikTok world, babe. It's post-Instagram. That shit means nothing. You don't care. It doesn't bring you. Does it bring you joy still or it does? It does. I have like a partner now that I kind of do it with because I've I've just, you know, I'm evolving. Yeah, you're over it. I'm a little over it, but it does bring me joy. And I still like love pop culture so much. And I love talking about it and roasting celebs so I, I i keep it going but i used to do merch like it well, was I my whole the merch. life i know the merch the merch was amazing did you ever get sued i got a lot of cease and desist so my most iconic cease and desist was from oprah pretty cool wow wow when you get a cease and desist from harpo you know you haven't made it no it was it was a pretty big deal i the Another good one. Are you familiar with like the Anna Nicole Smith legacy and the players in that? Well, yeah, I know the the daughter, the blonde stepman, and then there was another (laughs) man. The blonde stepman is actually the bio daddy. Bio daddy sent me a personal cease and desist, like not through a lawyer. He just emailed me and was like, take this down immediately. So I had a back and forth with blonde bio daddy. What other cease and desists have I gotten? Those are the most, but um, it's called Official Sean Penn. And you know what? I kind of peaked when I met this girl who like worked with the actual Sean Penn. And because he does like a lot of like environmental stuff and like vaccines and all that stupid shit. All that stupid shit. Well, because it ended up being a scam and not really real. Like that's what sucks. It's like, I heard the California Staples Center or where were we? Dodgers Stadium was like fake results and they took all this government money and it was Stop kind it. of like a mess yeah like they're getting okay. in trouble <laughs> okay goals like, yeah. should I open up a monkeypox testing clinic should we go in on one I can't even think about monkeypox I'm so sorry I did not mean to <laughs> take you there what, but actually any- this is kind of sad I saw a photo on the internet and I thought it was monkeypox but it was actually a guy's back from rubber bullets from protecting women in Iran right now I saw that picture yeah I'm 
very upset by but inspired by the people in Iran right now. It's just so scary. It's like the authoritative... The government is evil. I mean, straight up. Look, they chased my family out of Iran. They're evil. They're evil. Yeah, the women are so brave. It's such such bravery. It really is. I don't think people realize... um, what's on the lot like it's truly punitive there i don't know that's really the, scary it's really scary um this podcast just got so funny but the videos I of know, women i'm so sorry <laughs> no I, I i'm really i'm like obsessed with it right now the videos of women taking off their hijab or having their hijab off in the way that men speak to them on the street it's fucking disgusting the culture is so sexist so oppressive like all power to the women that want to wear a hijab, of course, but it's the forced hijab that is sexist, oppressive, and incomprehensible. Well, yeah, because anyway. I saw a post that in India you're not allowed to wear a hijab. It's like it's not about the fucking hijab. I don't know if you're a Vanderpump Rules person, but I'm not. I'm so behind <laughs> it's with not my about Bravo. The pasta. Are you a Bravo head? I'm a Bravo head. I love Bravo. Now that I have a little more time, because um, the show that I work on we're on, on hiatus. So I made it a goal to get more into Bravo. Cause I feel like I'm the only, I feel like I'm the only girl in the world to quote Rihanna who doesn't watch Bravo shows. So I started with real housewives of salt Lake city and it makes the fucking Godfather look like a piece of shit. It is the best, most beautiful content. That's I've what I was seen. about to just suggest to you. I'm going to be like, you can catch up with us. The live, the new season starts October 13th, but you're already there. So that's incredible. So good. So good. I'm all in on Bravo. Yeah. It's, um, it's women showing all of their sides, getting wasted, <laughs> um, and exploding their lives. But yeah, I, I, I've watched these children be born, grow up, go to college, mm. have children. Mm. Like, I've, I've watched some of these women's parents die. Like you really are a part of their lives. And, and some of them are horrific people, of course, but no, but they're your family and family is not perfect. I one time went to watch what happens live and I hope you can understand this. And I was in the audience. And I was so excited. And then the guests were Phoebe Robinson and Kumail Nanjani. And I could have not been more upset. That is such a slap in the face. <laughs> it's like, was so the bartender upsetting. good? <laughs> I don't, I don't who's remember. Who's the bartender? <laughs> but can you imagine just like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Kumail. Thick John Kumail. Ugh, so upset. Someone commented on my photo. I, I Not a photo. I post videos of stand-up and someone wrote, oh, God, but that neck, which is rude. And so I deleted it, but I went on his profile and he had photos of his daughters. And it took every ounce of my self-control not to write, yuck in the comments of one of his daughter's photos because it's not about them and that's not what I'm about but in my head it's like what are you doing it's that's it's horrifying I'm, I'm so annoyed on your behalf that you have trolls that do that when you post like all these funny amazing stand-up clips that I love why why well what's wild is I also have um like control settings so you can't even comment unless you follow me so this person like followed me to say something mean like I just don't get it Get a life, get bro. a life. But either it's not. This isn't really complaining about this is not comparison. But I was just talking about this with a friend, probably on this podcast. But like men claim so hard that they're not the worst, and then all the statistics are like you're the worst. 
from like horrible oppressive regimes that are fully murdering people to just like people cheating on their pregnant wives in giant numbers it's just like all over the globe constantly all the all the numbers yeah i'm pretty much with you there men are definitely the worst they just keep disappointing me yeah but we live in a bubble where we're surrounded by like you know, some of the good ones, I guess, some of the self-aware ones, the woke ones, the gentle boys. But <laughs> yeah. I do, I do wish we lived in an all-female society and God, I wish. God, I wish. Or just more control of the society. Like if we just, if they just were like, oh, that's a great idea. You know? Mm. <laughs> Men, why don't you take a back seat for the next couple of thousand years? The ladies are going to figure it out. Yeah, you know? I, but let's go back Babe. to the internet. But cease and desist, desist or chill. They just tell you, and then you take it down, and that's that, right? Like they're not it's that nothing. scary. It's, it's like nothing. a friendly, it's like a friendly little message. It's like the equivalent of someone commenting "nice neck" or something. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck you." Uh, I'm not gonna do anything, but like, fuck you. Did any of the celebs that you made merch with or post about love it? Like, go, oh, oh my god, I love this. I got some good ones. Like I remember. I think I made a lot of Fran Drescher merch and a lot of that got to her and I got like pictures of her like holding the merch and um, Judge Judy. I feel like I had a friend of a friend that knew Judge Judy and like had a picture of her like holding my towel once. You know, these things just kind of come and go and float through. You know, I barely even remember. It's like, I feel like I was like in a band or something. I was like, oh, I was like, just all this crazy stuff was happening and I couldn't even appreciate it in the moment. no ahead of your time really ahead of your time i try you were what did you did you go to college yeah i went to northwestern in (gasps) chicago no wonder you're so talented no wonder you're so talented all the Uh, most talented people go to northwestern what did you study i studied just english like regular i wasn't a theater girl at northwestern like i was surrounded everyone was in like the theater program that was everything and i did improv that was my it's so improv is the most embarrassing thing in the world on a side note like i i i did a lot of it i can't erase that part from my past but when i bring it up my whole body cringes it just that word improv like is a knife to my it's dorky it's dorky you know it's like a dorky but at northwestern I swear it was cool. Like I had a moment and the it, people on the improv team were like the rock stars on campus in my own mind. I'm sure that's actually not true. And it's so embarrassing, but I was all in, like, I didn't care about school. Like Northwestern's an amazing school. I fucking wish I got a business degree or an econ degree, use that time to learn something. And so I was like, oh, I'll do the easiest thing. I'll do English. I read a couple like Charles Dickens book, but I was like, no, 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 I'm going to put all my focus into improv that's really gonna pay off and meanwhile like we would do these shows in a dirty shed like it was just well would you have really wanted to crunch numbers you're 18 do you want to crunch a number (laughs) i did not want to crunch a number but you know it's just you, you don't spend that money and go to college to like do your 10,000 hours of improv. Like what a waste. But point is I did improv. There's, I went to school with like so many talented people. Like we all love Sarah squirm from SNL. She was like a freshman when I was a senior, like it was 
just uh, Northwestern. It was the comedy. It was flowing. It was it's cool. The, the improv. Julia Louis Dreyfus, Emmy Blotnick. I don't know. I just... Emmy Blotnick. <laughs> Emmy Blotnick. Emmy Blotnick would direct this stand-up show, and she I, she, I thought she was the coolest girl ever, and she like let me be in the stand-up show, and it was the highlight of my life. Wait, did you see Z-Way? I think Z-Way was either a freshman when I was a senior. I did, I never hung out with her or met her, but I just such a, another, I always forget she went to Northwestern. Yeah, it's my first open mic, I don't know if I've ever told you, was Caffeine. <gasps> my first. I had that... <laughs> that really got me. That yeah. really got me. And to, I just so the audience knows, that is spelled... K-A-F-E-I-N, <laughs> a local coffee shop in Evanston uh, where Northwestern is. Stop it. Yeah. That was the kind of coffee shop where they were still in the 90s coffee yes. house era and they would serve coffee in like a bowl. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know everything. That was where I went. It's kind of like a she's all that. Like it would be where someone would film a teen movie. It was, yes. um, you know, I was. I didn't really. That's where you went in high school to stay out late. Of course, that it's wasn't always a bar. Open that's all so you had. Late. So late, and we would just drink coffees all night, and have, oh I remember God. bagels. And um, oh, yeah. I just went there randomly, and um, I saw some people going up, and I went, "I bet I can do this." And then that was that. But it was caffeine. I spent. It's closed, sadly, but it oh, it just closed. broke my heart. Did you Dude. also go to Bat Seventeen? That's a place I really love. Bat Seventeen, the burger place, the sandwich. They had the I, sandwiches. The best sandwiches. Bat Seventeen, that was absolutely in my rotation. The keg was the big underage bar. Of course. My favorite thing about the keg, of course, is they would check your ID. They barely looked at it, but they would hold it up to something. Like you know how. I don't think they do this anymore. They like hold your ID up to like a blue light machine to like see if it like really has that blue light design that shows up. They would hold it up to something, but it wasn't a blue light machine. It was an old soap dispenser that had like to pretend that they were doing like another level of checking it. Wow. So they would just hold it up to a broken soap dispenser and hand it back to you. Like it was just, so <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I, was that where the shooting was or no? Was there a shooting oh, no. at the keg? It Hopefully that's on not. brand. That's on brand. <laughs> it was keg. I never. I went to like never. I didn't. I never went to the keg. Maybe once or twice. I did not go to the keg. Well, I'm from LA, so you have to understand. Going to Chicago was such a culture shock to me, Whoa. and it like changed everything. The Midwest. I had never been to the Midwest. I still don't fully understand the Midwest, but the things that really stand out to me were Noodles and Company. Yes, a chain that is not in LA. That is just like. What if buttered noodles, like we could build a whole restaurant around the idea of buttered noodles. I mean, Guess they have what? more Guess, pastas Have than you ever that, babysat? But. That's what my niece and nephews, that's all they wanted when they were kids. It was like noodles and company. Yeah. I feel like the Midwest, it's like people have their tastes and their tastes are very similar to that of like an eight-year-old child. And they don't really, they didn't really evolve past that. Is that mean? No, it's not mean at all. I mean, Chicago does have um, a nice, a, a huge culinary scene, you know, uh, of course but there's amazing restaurants i'm not saying like i think more suburbs i think people that move to the suburbs are going to benny ha like yes i think suburb people do not get the culinary fun of a city what's the um the pot belly uh, yeah pot belly is pot yeah. belly was a game for me the big game changer the thing i love most about the midwest food culture jardinera sport peppers <laughs> 
I'm a big pickles, tangy, tin fish. Like I love the savory, dirty martinis. Like that's my wheelhouse. So the jardinera was a game changer that I would just, I could spoon it right out of the jar. Oh my God. I'm loving this. This is so I fun. Love, what else? But yeah, it's simple. I it's like Chicago I went to Olive Garden. Oh yeah. Me too. Well, if you like love, a sport pepper, of course, and a relish. I love a relish, a sport pepper. And I like that it's only mustard on the hot dog, which I always grew up doing. And I was surrounded by all these people that would put ketchup on their hot dogs. I never understood ketchup as a condiment. And finally in Chicago, I was like, these are my people only mustard on the hot dog. I mean, I guess people do both, but technically Chicago style is old you can only mustard yeah yes, the okay. whole thing is like places will be like no ketchup that's like yes. the joke you know like absolutely yes. what do you dip fries into i am such an equal opportunity fry dipper i like it all i do like ketchup okay, okay. i love cranch a ketchup and a ranch mixed is kind of my ideal yesterday you i dipped fries into honey mustard no i like it i'm just i thought you were anti-ketchup that's why i'm shocked by your ketchup anti-ketchup but like really anti-ketchup on a hot dog that's just me personally yeah but i also yeah i also just came back from france and when i'm in france babe i'm dipping fries in mayo as the french do i love it i love it how was france were people nice to you because you're kind of chic or still no (laughs) france i i really try to speak I mean, my French is horrible and I know so little, but I, sp- I speak what my, I call my franglais and it's like in a totally Valley girl accent. I'm like, Ooh, la toilette. And they're like, <laughs> it's over there. You stupid bitch. Like they kind of are amused by it, but no, I had to take, yeah, I love my little Euro. I'm actually in the middle of something that I think you'll appreciate a very stressful international tinfish snipping shipping snafu. I do follow you closely on Instagram and you bought a lot of tinned fish for a lot of people. So here's what happened. When I'm in another country, I'm a maximalist. Let's start there. I like to live life to the fullest. I say yes to life. And sometimes you go into a tinned fish store in France and you're really charmed and you buy 60 cans and you're like, I will go through this. Tinned fish lasts forever, first of all. And... I'm like, I'll give this away as gifts. I'm going to send it to people and I'm going to send it all home and it's going to be great. I'm not going to regret this at all. So how little much? did I know, how much did it cost? I'm shaking my head because I can't say. 400 No, less than that. Okay. But tin fish is like famously so cheap. <laughs> so heavy. And little did I know that shipping meats across international borders is actually a very complicated process and i've learned that now so and i also when i'm in france i love the beauty products and skincare so i've shipped big boxes from france home full of like body lotion and shit like but i was like great like i'm gonna ship a big box home from france and ship a bunch of tin fish and i went to the dhl and when I said tin fish, they were like shaking their heads. They're like, I don't know about this girl, but there's such a language barrier. They let me ship it. And it was, I was definitely like filling out like forms that I had never seen before that were asking me questions that I could not answer. So I like the shipment goes, I'm like, I guess that's good. I shipped a box to my boss, Mindy Kaling, who got her box of tin fish. No problem. I was like, well, great. Mine's just right behind hers. It is my boxes in customs limbo. I had to fill out something called a, commercial invoice that was 10 pages where I had to list out every single can of fish, the net weight, the gross weight, the exact flavor. It was fucking torture. How do you remember all that? I thankfully, 
had to do an inventory when I first shipped the box and I had a picture of it, but I was doing a lot of guesswork. And there's also other stuff in the box that I like can't lose. I'm truly in a panic right now. So I send off this commercial invoice yesterday thinking like, surely I'm going to get this box soon. I've done the work. I've done the bureaucratic work. Like I'm in so deep with DHL talking to people that you would not think work at DHL. It's like an international like meat specialist. And now she sends me back an email truly two minutes before I logged on to this podcast. I'm in a free fall panic where she's like, you need to sign this power of attorney waiver. Like she's like, you need to get these very specific manufacturer numbers from the company that makes the French tinned fish. So I'm like deep in emails in French with them. You using my friends that can like translate English into French. It is such a fucking disaster. So word to the wise, if for all your fans that are listening, can I just, if you're to take one thing from this podcast, from me on this podcast, if you're in France, don't ship back any sort of preserved canned But they're meat. being over the top. Like, they're what do they think's happening? It's tinned fish. It's not like I'm shipping, like, loose ham from a farm. No, like, it, it's preserved. It's not preserved. Fra- It's not going to, like, fuck with the ecosystem. Like, I don't... Exactly. I'm not bringing back oranges with bugs in them. Like, whatever their fears are that people are going to bring. I know. They're being so extra. I'm sketched out. If it gets, I don't know what's going to happen if I don't get it. I have to like get a friend in France to get my 40 pound box of tin fish and like hold it for me until next time. It's such a fucking disaster. But you, so anyway, but you just loved it just, so much. I love your fun, flirty, romantic Europe. I'm just Continue. impressed that you would even go do an extra like errand. I would put it in a suitcase. I'd buy a suitcase. I, I can't imagine going and doing an errand. Well, the problem is I thought about that, but... I didn't know what the rules were with bringing fish through customs. And I technically already have a warning on my passport because when I went to Spain, like five years ago, I brought a bunch of ham. There's ham. There's ham everywhere. It's the same as like vacuum sealed prosciutto and stuff. And I didn't know you couldn't bring it. I need to really brush up on these rules. Why can't you bring some prosciutto home? I don't know, but I had it in my bag. I didn't declare it because that's the thing. Everyone says, don't declare it. Don't say anything. Like, just don't tell them what they don't know won't hurt them. I didn't declare it. I think a dog smelled the ham in my bag and I got taken into a different part of LAX that I had never seen before. It was like customs jail. They took the ham out. They threw it away in front of me. They're like, there's a warning on your passport. If you ever do this again bad things are going to happen. And they were like threatening to take away my passport. So now I was like, I can't bring a suitcase back at the tin fish. So I made a terrible mistake. Is this fun that I'm talking about? Yes, this this is the biggest enemy you can have that you have a thing on your fucking passport for a little bit of ham. Don't they think that we'd want to bring food home from Europe? Like, I just don't get it because I'll bring candy. Like, is it specific to ham? Like, I just don't get it. Does seem to be meat and produce and dairy seem to be the big targets for them. But why? It's the ecosystem, it's the farming, it's the livestock. I'm just saying buzzwords. I don't actually know why. Well, because I'm really into um, like species thriving in places they don't belong, but they have to be alive for that. Oh, like I guess, mosquitoes? No, like the Highland Park parrots, you know, the Pasadena parrots. Oh, because they were from like the theme park or whatever. I So there's a lot of lore. So they either mm. escaped from a burning pet shop in the 60s or it's like smuggling gone wrong or like a bunch of they just kept escaping Mexico in different little patches and then found a home here. So we don't know. Wow. I like the pet shop story. 
I like that. I also, it reminds me of, to circle back to mosquitoes, another enemy, the mosquitoes that we have in LA, have you heard? It's like, they're really bad. They, they, they can fly three miles. They like bite a lot. They're like the worst mosquitoes in the world, but they're not native to LA. They came in a shipping container from China on like a shipment of like cactuses or something. So we have this pestilence of these horrible mosquitoes and they just came from another place. Fuck. Wait, so why don't we have our own cactuses? The cactuses come from China? It was like a shipment of some sort of plant life. I mean, we're getting everything shipped from China, babe, first of all. Like everything that's probably around you right now that you can touch on your desk, behind you, those frames, your cute little couch, like 90% of it came from China. Damn. And are you a pro at all of this because you have a business where you have to ship and do things and it's food? Like you seem knowledgeable. I'm knowledgeable. I'm aware. I've gotten merch made. I mean, our fishwife boxes come from China. You know, it's, it's, I've definitely done a lot more business with China than you would probably realize at first glance. Well, yeah, well because you, now that you said that, it hits me like on Shark Tank. That's always a big thing where it's like, what are your costs? And then the people say it, but we're trying to get international. Like, it's always like we're trying to get to China. That's always everyone's business goal on Shark Tank. Would you go on well, Shark Tank? I, we got offered to go on Shark Tank, but I can't remember. My co-founder, Becca, like talked to a bunch of people. So my co-founder, Becca, is the CEO of Fishwife. She runs it day to day. I am like more of a founder. I, I'm not a full-time employee on Fishwife. Like uh-huh. I have a separate career TV writing, but I'm like support and do everything I can. But Becca like is really in the founder world and like top is this is her life. But I remember people told her Shark Tank actually isn't a good idea for a business of our kind because it's like it takes a year to air And then by the time it airs, like your business has probably progressed so much past where you were on Shark Tank and it becomes like the permanent, it's, it like cements itself in people's minds. And also you get so many sales when you go on Shark Tank, but it can be devastating if you just don't have the kind of infrastructure to support, like you would just sell out of everything. And that's actually, you don't want to sell out when you're a food company. You want to always have stuff in stock for sure. But if you get a shark, hopefully they've gotten all your stuff going, but yeah, a lot of people order stuff and they have to wait like eight months for their stuff. But those deals are fucking awful. Like they are to me, they sound bad and there's all different kinds of businesses and different kinds of things. But like, look, if you're a product that's going to be on QVC, like Lori, yes, like anything she wants, like anything to get on QVC, you know, Fishwife's not going to be something that's going to be on QVC. So I don't know what the other sharks really bring to the table. I mean, there's so many other amazing investors out there that are like in the food world and, you know, have CPG experience. It's like, what is Mark Cuban going to put me in the fucking like Dallas Cowboys stadium? Like, I don't need that. I love Bethany, but like, Lord knows who needs it. I don't even know who the other sharks are. Like Mr. Wonderful, fucking Robert Herjavec. These are not I've people that Soul you Cycle. would need. I, he's hot. Psycho? You, you do like would Robert. Bang. You would bang him. I would bang. I didn't say I want him as an investor, but I said I would bang him. But I would bang Damon, I think. Uh, he's hot. Yeah. Point is, like, to have someone take that big of a chunk of your company, it better be someone who's, like, really going to change the game and really help you like none of those people really make sense for fishwife 
I think. Damn, to turn down Shark Tank, that could be your credit. That's better than Shark Tank. To fucking turn it down. Damn. Shit, I didn't realize that would turn you on so much. This is like, I should have opened with that. I, I turned down Shark Tank. I, because I watch it all the time. To me, it's like, of course you want to be on Shark Tank, but you're like, we don't need fucking Shark Tank. How I did you Shark meet Tank, Fly by Jing to do that crossover? Because that was a very exciting um, crossover, I feel. She's a founder friend of Fishwife. Um, Fishwife and Fly by Jing actually have the same physical offices in LA. Wow. It's like in Silver Lake. But I was honestly probably one of the first 100 people to order Fly by Jing. Yes, you are. Early pandemic. I read about it somewhere, and I am a big Chili Crisp person. And I remember reading about it, and it was like waiting list. Like, it wasn't even out. I bought it. I bought a jar, and it was like, it'll ship in three months. Like, we're still making it. I don't remember how I found it, but, like, I bought it early, and I was so all in and told everyone I knew about it. And then it kind of just happened that our companies like became friends and peers, peer companies. Well, yeah, because you were very into it. I've gotten it for people as gifts. I'm kind of a spice. Like I can't really do a lot of spice, but I love that really? ball paintbrush. No, but I train myself. Like I really push myself. I go on out there, but sometimes I'm not in the mood for my mouth to fucking burn. It really hurts me, but I want it. Like I'm, I'm jealous. I'm obsessed with spice, spiciness. And I think there's such different kinds of spice. Like, are there certain ones you like more? Like, for example, a horseradish or a wasabi. I love horseradish. See, I knew you were going to say that because I find that people that don't love spicy love horseradish because it's quick and it's done. Yeah, I love horseradish. It peaks really quickly and it hits you in the head and then it's gone. It's not a lingering spice. To me, the thing that fucking sucks is when you eat spicy food and it's like five minutes where you your tongue hurts. I'm like, I don't need this. I want to be quick, like in and out. Let's go. But that's not a lot of things, is it? I don't know. Like, if I'm really going hard on, like, jalapenos or certain things have a more lingering spice. No, I'm saying, what are the quick ones? I feel like most things really linger. That's it, though, right? And I think wasabi is a quick one. I don't do I actually don't even really use the sauces. I, like, eat sushi just plain. What? Yeah, I love it. I don't know. I, like, don't need anything extra. No soy sauce? If it's bad, like if it's the su- if like I don't really love the sushi, I'll do the sauce. But like if it's good, yeah, I don't. I just eat it naked. Naked? Naked sushi. I mean, I'm... I, I'm, I need a second. <laughs> I need a second to take that in. There's something I respect about it as a fish person, a fishmonger. I love fish. Yeah. I respect that you're there just to respect and appreciate the taste of fish in its purest form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Raw, not touched by man in any way, <laughs> except for when it was like cut and stuff. And put around. What's a monger? What does fish monger mean? It's like an old timey word for someone that sells fish. Oh, okay, cool. You never heard fishmonger? I've heard the word. I just never know what that meant. It so. makes me laugh because it's gross. It's like the grossest possible job title, yeah. I think. It's like it's like an old man who smells like shit and is like wrapping fish in newspapers for some reason and like throwing them to people. You know what I mean? But yours is very good. The fishwife is delicious. Like I just had that tuna with so on spinach and you don't really need anything else. Like a little salad. You, like it's you really, really good. Don't. Smoked fish is life. But how do you, how is it so good? Like wh- how did you guys do all this? It's so wild to me. <sighs> well, we worked with, 
canneries and we sourced the fish from different places and we would perfect the recipes and it's like the brine time. How long is the fish soaking in the brine? And then how long does the fish go in the smoker for? It's like all these little knobs and things you turn and it's different for each fish. And how long is the process? Oh my God. I need to consult my notes, but I feel like it's like 30 to 60 minutes brining and the smoking is like an hour or something like that. Wow. That's amazing. Babe, I don't make the fish. I just freaking sell it. Now, do you guys have to deal with a lot of men who don't respect you in a professional field and it's annoying or have you guys been able to start that? When we first started, it was in the middle of the pandemic. We were like, should we start a fish company? And we're like, how hard can it be? And I still don't even know what came over us or how we did it. But it started by like cold emailing canneries all over the world. Now most of everything we do is canned in North America. But when we first started, we discovered that most canning is in Southeast Asia or in Portugal and Spain, which is where my love affair with tin fish really started. Like, have you been to Portugal? No. Oh, my God, you have to fucking go to Portugal. It's the most fun place ever. It's so cheap. It's the best. But tinned fish and sardines and everything are huge there. And there are these stores that you walk in and all they sell is tinned fish. And the packaging is so fucking beautiful. And there's like a million different varieties. But don't try to ship it home. Oh, (laughs) my God. Do not try to ship it home. So we would email these canneries in Portugal. And again, the same thing, like huge language barrier very hard to communicate with them and we'd be like hey like we're two women that want to start like a u.s-based tin fish company like can we talk to you about private labeling and it'd be all men and they would like ignore emails or like treat us like a joke we'd get on zooms with them and they'd literally be like why do two pretty ladies like want to start a fish company like they'd be so sexist they wouldn't take us seriously they'd like laugh us out of the zoom so it's a very sexist industry with these like people that have been doing it for generations and generations and like didn't take us seriously at all. But then as we like slowly made inroads and like met more people in the North America canning industry or tangentially related to the canning industry and finding like, where are the canneries in North America and who's working with them and are, can we work with them? And it was just a really slow process, honestly. Now, is there a tinned fish community or are you guys competitive? Are you guys supportive with the other companies? Like what, what's the relationship with all these other tinned fish? Cause it's, there's kind of a moment again, you're ahead of the trends. It was like, you did this in pandemic and then post pandemic, it's like all these tinned fish restaurants, like same with the Instagram, like you really are on the cutting edge. Um, so what are your relationships with the other tinned fish companies? Super positive, super supportive. I mean, there are definitely moments when like, a company is like trying to jack our style or like jack our aesthetic. And we're like, okay, that's not cool, but it's positive. It's, I mean, it's like, we've all got to support each other. There's so few canneries and there's so few people doing this. And so few people that can understand what it is we're doing. Um, I think it's really positive. There's an amazing tinned fish community. Like there's tinned fish reviewers on YouTube that like when we drop a new product, I'm like breathlessly awaiting, like, what this like creepy guy in Brooklyn who reviews tin fish on YouTube is going to say about our products. There's, I follow so many 
Instagram, like tinfish influencers that just like post these beautiful photos of their tin fish. Like to me, they're these like little music boxes. Like there's just something so beautiful and precious and amazing about tin fish. It's like the packaging itself. Like I am so proud that we have this beautiful, aesthetically pleasing packaging. It's very in line with what you see in Portugal and Spain where like it's art from the beginning to end. You know what I mean? And like even just opening the little can, there's just something so personal and precious and magical about it. And then it's like swimming in the beautiful oil and you can just use it so many ways. I think it's cool that people make recipes with it, but I am oh, tried and true, hardcore, eat it straight out of the can kind of girl. To me, that's like on a cracker or something or like on a picnic, that's me, my ideal way to eat tinned fish. Like I just, I think it's like a sensual experience too. Like it's kind of sexy and weird and I know it like, I guess smells bad. I don't think it does, but I, I, I'm all in. I'm getting high off my own supply. I know. I, it's making me hungry. I haven't eaten anything today and I'm like, no. oh, I'm going to go. I mean, Fishwife is just down a few blocks from me in the Sip and Snack, Sip, Snack and Sip and See. Where, where is this? In Highland Park. Move to New York for a second. No, or have you just I'm been still in LA here. But I go to New York. I'm going to New York tonight at midnight. I fly out. <laughs> That's my. Girl. I go there a lot. But now, in terms of who is, uh, so you're in the rooms. You're doing TV writing. You're in the tinned fish. Who are the most crazy of the people? <laughs> are tinned fish people more nuts or comedy writers? That's a really good question. I think comedy writers are more nuts than tinned fish. Yeah. Well, the comedy writers are just doing something that's so unserious and like, it's important to bring joy to the world, but TV's stupid. Who needs another TV show? Like it's not, we're not changing lives. We're not doctors, but I think the seriousness with which people take making a TV show and like the, the putting out fires and like all the drama, it's like, guys, we're not doing open heart surgery. Like, can we all just chill out for a second that's to me what gets me is like how serious it gets and like oh, well we're gonna have to rewrite this entire episode like oh my god like ah just like okay like we're making a show about college girls having sex like let's I don't know I mean I yeah I think I think that's my answer yeah and do you enjoy are you in person ever or is it all still zoom we were in person for most of this last season and on set and just, yeah, Everywhere. eating a lot. Of what are you eating? Yeah. What are your, I, what are your, uh, ch chomps and tin fish? No. What are your craft service staples? That's such a good question. Okay, we ask I'm this on our SVU podcasts all the time. Me and Kara Clink have an SVU podcast, and we talk oh, to familiar. the actors, and we always, we don't always air it, but we always ask craft service scoops. Okay, well, I, as you could probably tell, like, food is life for me. Like, I'm never just getting something without thinking about it. Like, even going to craft services is a sensory experience in which I'm prepared and I'm making intentional choices. So I do a lot of broth on set, which sounds gross, but hear me out. Like sometimes you're in the mood for something salty, but you don't want to like eat a whole thing. You, I, so I do a lot of these like healthy broth packets. Like I have my mushroom 
broth packets that have like adaptogenic mushrooms or have these like tea bags that they sell at Costco that are actually like soup tea bags, which I know sounds horrifying, but it'll be like tomato basil soup broth. And it's like in a tea bag. So instead of tea, you're brewing like a savory like broth. I don't treat. hate this at all. I love this. Do you think it's fucked up that they're People, putting in tea bags? I, I, there's something a little bit like wrong in the eyes of God about a savory tea bag, but I love it and I'm all in. It's by this brand would, Millie's. That's cool. There's, it's cool. And it's sometimes like you're like, I want something salty. Like I'll just eat popcorn. But I'm like, no, I want something salty. But like, I don't think I want to eat. Like, I think I just want to sip broth. So I'm doing a lot of broth and I love bone broth. They don't have that craft services, but like broth is kind of a big food group for me. So yeah, I'm just a big broth, broth person. Um, okay. What else am I getting at craft services? Oh, okay. At, at craft services on our show, they had spa water, which sounds really she-she, but they would just take a big jug of water and like put fruit in it. I think the flavor of plain water is boring to the point of being like maddening. I hate plain water. But something about water with like cut up cucumbers and mint in it, get out of here. So fucking good. They would put like jalapeno strawberries. Like it would be different every day. And I was just chugging the spa water. But unhealthy things, I mean... Sour candy is kind of a big one for me. What are your craft services? Snacks? I like fruit snacks. I want a sour, I want a fruit snack. Any sort what of kind? gummy candy. Um, they usually Gummies. have Welch's or Mott's on sets, but like um, those little Haribo gummy bear bags, like anything that's like a gummy candy, I really, really appreciate. Mm-hmm. I respect that. I am obsessed with gummy candy too. It's like my number one above all. Do you know, um, have you ever been to London or the UK? Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with the store Marks and Spencer? Yeah. Do you know Percy Pig? Or yeah, as I-, I feel like I, I yeah, yeah. I've, I like the Percy Pigs, the opaque I really like. But I, the UK, I like the eggs. I like the gummy eggs. Gummy eggs? They look like a little sunny side up eggs. And the white is thick and then the yellow is see-through. Yes. I love UK gummy culture, European gummy culture. But I, it probably comes as no surprise to you took back like 20 bags of Percy pigs in my suitcase. So I'm going to set one aside for you. Oh yeah. I would love that. But there's a new Haribo in town. Sour kicks. They're so good. They're sneakers and it's sour grape, like sour clementine, sour cherry, sour raspberry, and then one other flavor, but like maybe watermelon. So juicy. The best texture of any gummy. They're like clear and it's sour, but they're not with the sugar. They're clear sugar. And the grape is like clear, clear, clear. It's like Mm. sour kicks and they're in America. And um, I've had them three times now, but they're they're new and they're perfectly fresh. And the texture, they're really good. You like it juicy. Uh, yeah, I like because I like a gusher or something inside of it popping out. Yeah, I like that. Uh, you like a, a liquid filled. I, I am really, <laughs> I've, I've recently be- become into the nerds gummy cluster. Oh, yeah. I used to love nerd ropes and the gummy clusters are great. I just had those. That's wild. I, the texture of the nerds and the gummy, I, I'm a big texture person. I love a crunch. Yeah, this is might be controversial, but I really love a chocolate covered gummy bear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, that is they're controversial. Really good to me. There used to be these things called truly eggs. Yeah, I don't think I they love make the them truly anymore. eggs. Those were my favorite. So it was crunchy. a gummy encased in a candy coating. It was like, is the gummy not enough sugar for you? Here's a little more, babe. 
and they were crunchy and you'd bite into them and there'd be a little crunch but then there it would yield it, it would, would be like a it would ooze and it would chew and Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I love um, the Lifesavers Collisions, I think, are really good. Lifesavers Collisions. They're just like half and half. Well, so I said this once on um, Cat and Seek Treatment, and Cat and Pat always still bring it up. But I said that even my friend with an eating disorder likes them, and they just, (laughs) like, loved that. Um, I'm trying to think of all the gummies now. Well, this isn't gummy, but in terms of international, I'm sure you know Maltese's. Oh, I love a malt. In ball. Australia, they have honeycomb Maltese's. Honeycomb is elite. Elite. Honeycomb anything. Why has that not taken off in America? What the fuck is wrong with America? I don't know, but I love it was so good and I haven't had it since and it's just been years, but I hope I have it one time. You should time. have shipped back you should have shipped back a box. I didn't know it would be so rare. Like I just honeycomb. Does that mean the inside instead of malt ball? It was it was honeycomb? both. It was like both. Oh. It was like magic. Oh, it was so good. Actually, right here, I've not had it, but I live near a um, a store that's like all containers. Like you dig stuff out, you know, like for the earth, and they have malt balls that are peanut butter. It's peanut butter malt balls. How, so you live in Highland Park. Where are you on? This is a really important uh, food change of subject. Are you a soda girl? Diet soda, seltzer? Like well, what's you your bubble? Gelco's? Is that what we're yeah. about to talk about? I love Gelco's, but I go to Gelco's to try something I've never tried. Like I usually try to get something different. Yes. I love diet soda. I'm a diet Coke freak right now. I have diet cherry Pepsi. Oh. I love a cherry thing. Oh, cherry. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. Diet, diet cherry 7-Up. Cherry Oh, that's good. I love a cherry Coke Zero. That's yes. kind of my, ooh, that's my everything. I didn't even know well, they ha- make that. I have to get that. That's next. Because someone came over and they were disgusted that I had Pepsi. That is, I'm a little shook by that. It was I'm not just because um, I order groceries and it's like what I had, at, what they yes. had, and I needed the cherry pepper. But diet Dr. Pepper, like I love diet Mountain Dew. I diet love a diet Dr. Baja pepper. Blast. I love a diet Dr. Pepper cream zero, ma- cream soda mashup. Yes, I love cream soda. I'm, I do love sodas a lot. And I you love know, soda too. You know who goes to Galco's? Billie Eilish. Stop. That's her favorite place. She's from Highland Park. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. But I love getting a sandwich there too. Like I've only done it a couple times, but I feel like I'm in like a movie like Adventureland or something. It's a true time war, vintage candies. I love the big cherry bomb. Do you ever get that chocolate cherry bomb? That's so old school. Yeah. No. <laughs> old candy is a little like sketchy to me sometimes. Like there's the Hershey's chunky that has raisins in it and like ooh. nuts. I'm like, ooh, people in the twenties had crazy taste, but I'm I'm open. Well, Allison Libby, I don't know if you know her, but she loves the fruit and nut bars. Mm. And it's I don't get it, but I respect it and I always buy her one when I come over to her house. I definitely last time I was there got like some Butterfinger type thing, which is almost on par with honeycomb, like a Butterfinger type filling, like that flaky peanut butter. What is it, a zigzag or something? What was it? Something like that. It was a zigzag. That's exactly what it was, covered in coconut. (laughs) Oh, that was good. I am, well, on the soda, bringing it full circle back to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, are you familiar with Salt Lake City soda culture? Well, because they don't drink. So they don't drink. There's all the Mormons, and some of them don't drink caffeine, but most of them soda becomes their vice because they don't drink and they don't drink coffee so they're all a lot of them are addicted to soda and i've become weirdly in this wormhole of 
Utah soda influencers on TikTok. And they're like these blonde girls who are like super, super gorgeous. And they all go to these two places. Oh my God. Basically in Salt Lake City, they have drive-through soda shops. They don't have them anywhere else. And the lines are like around the block and it's diet soda with crazy mix-ins. And at first I was like, the thought of putting things in your soda is a little scary for a soda addict like me. Like I like it pure and plain, but it's so good. I tried to make them. What do you put in it? What are you talking about? What are you, what are they so putting the classic in? mix? Like the number one classic is diet Coke, not Coke zero with fresh lime, coconut, like flavored syrup and a splash of coconut flavored coffee mate. So take that in for a second. Okay. We've got coconut, lime, and we're putting in a little creamer. It's like you have to open your mind. Soda's not just soda anymore. It's almost like a vehicle. It's almost like iced coffee. Mm. And it sounds horrifying, cream in your soda, but it's so fucking good. So much better than you'd think. And then you can go... then. That's just the tip of the iceberg. The options are endless. I'm seeing a lot of Dr. Peppers with dried raspberries and like raspberry syrup and like a little splash of cream or there's like energy. There's like the whole Red Bull family where it'll be like Red Bull and like fresh lemon, fresh lime. You can kind of attempt to recreate some of these things at a Sonic, which we don't have in LA, but in Utah, that's the Mecca and that's where you have to go. I had a full on trip planned to Utah for next weekend, but I had to cancel it. And I'm mostly going because I want to try the soda. And you're making this at home though. I'm making it at home, but it's just not the same. You know, it's at Utah. You get the giant cup. They, it's like, you know how there's the big cup at Starbucks, like the Trenta. Yeah. It's like bigger. It's like bigger than that. It's like gigantic. They fill it with crushed ice, which is so key. You've got to have the crushed ice. I me. don't love crushed ice. Oh, I don't need no. it. You don't need it? No. But the sound? You're right. I like, uh, maybe I'm being, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I love ice, but I'm okay with cubes. I'm witnessing you have an introspective moment. Like, uh, this is like the, this is introspective. <laughs> yeah. You're really grappling with something Well, because right I'm now. like, am I just saying that just because, but I'm not on a chase for crushed ice like I know a lot of people are. Like, I know that's like a thing that I hear about, but. Mm-mm. it's good it's because once you get the taste for crushed ice it do you have an ice machine because my no, niece is cool have... for her birthday she asked for cru- uh, an ice machine that's really cool yeah she's very tiktok for that yeah they love tiktok um i'm meeting her and my sister in new york for a girls weekend tomorrow morning cute what are you guys gonna do um we're gonna i want to take them to chelsea there's like this new plant thing on the water this plant park art thing with white and the chelsea piers are cool and i've actually never really enjoyed chelsea piers um so i'm gonna do that and then we made reservations at ribalta it's a casual italian and then we're gonna see uh six on broadway six yes i saw that it's great you loved it yeah i loved it um i'm going to new york in a couple weeks and you know what i have tickets for leah michelle funny girl yeah, yeah, that's what you have to do. Are you seeing it? Um, no, I'm not. But I saw Bette Midler twice. You know, I like to see the fun, but I don't think I'm gonna yeah. get into. I don't think I'm gonna get into Leah Michelle. I think it's like maybe when it dies down a little. Like I don't know if I want to. I would rather see in the woods. People are really raving about that. Oh, you know what? I want to see that too. I'm making a note of that. I 
I really do want to see that. Or even I also am going to see like the loop. What's the well? I saw strange loop. a strange loop off Broadway at Playwrights, oh. and it is okay. one of the best things I've ever seen, ever. Seriously, and I saw Hades Town right before that. That ended up winning all these Tonys. I great, and I thought that was the one of the best things I've ever seen. And Strange Loop. I've never jumped up faster to give a standing ovation. Like, wow, uh, it was, it's really good. I, I want to see it on Broadway too. I Cause it's the okay, lead is different, but right. It used to be with that Larry Owens, Larry Owens. <sighs> yeah. But, um, the whole cast is like so fucking good. Um, and then we're going to probably eat more Italian food and then Monday's up in the air. No one has told me what they want to do. I've given them lots of options, but the big news is this will comes out in a while. Our, my that's messed up is getting a billboard in times square. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thank you. And then Kara's brother is getting married this weekend. So we're all meeting Sunday to look at the billboard. So that's what we're going to do. What a fun <laughs> fucking weekend you're about to have. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's exciting. I'm so fun. Obviously, they'll go to the M&M store. Yeah, because Kara's going to bring her daughter. And that's actually that's the big thing after the billboard. We're going to go to the M&M store. You, I don't know if you were kidding, <laughs> but we are taking Rosie. I kind of was half kidding, but I'm so happy you are. But going. We are going to take Rosie to the M&M store. I mean, for a kid, they're going to love it. Are you kidding? Who wouldn't? People shit on it, but it's like we all love M and M's. Why? Do, all of all, the, all the things to shit on in Times Square, the M and M store is delicious. At least. Do you remember when there was a Pop Tart Cafe in Times Square? <laughs> I don't. Oh, okay. That was well, before my time, but I don't hate Pop Tarts. I like a blueberry Pop Tart. I love a Pop Tart. A pop tart goes down really smooth for me. I love your. Oh my god! I I knew you were such a food person, but this is so exciting. And to meet someone else that likes gummies and wants to like test everything out. Um, but what are your no nos? What do you not like to eat? To me, my idea of hell is a at a restaurant. You know, when you look at the dessert menu, there's always one very chocolatey dessert. That's like. I hate like a chocolate lava cake, a chocolate cake. That is my idea of fucking hell. I'm pretty much not a chocolate person. I have some exceptions, so I it's not black or white for me, but chocolate and this one really gets people. I'm not a big fan of a chocolate chip cookie. I eat around the chocolate chips. Interesting. I don't it's that's weird. not my favorite cookie, but I don't hate it, but I love a chocolate lava cake, even from Domino's. Ooh. Like I love I love it. Do you like I a brownie? I like that. I see. I do like a brownie, okay. and I don't know why. I like an ed, like a crusty edged oh, brownie. I like. I do like a brownie. Yeah. But I'm more of like a fruit gummy girl in general. Like a bowl of fresh papaya with like lime on it, or like watermelon with tahini all over it. That is heaven to me. I would eat that any day over a chocolate chip cookie. Like a oh, like a Mexican fruit cart. Yes. Where it's like jicama, papaya, cucumber, like all of that. You squeeze the lime on all over it and tahini. Oh, get out of here. Chamoy. Oh my God. That is my life. I love spicy gummies, which I wish we need, had too. more of. Girl, I have. Okay, hold on. I have to grab this. Wait, hold I'm going to blow your mind. Okay, I have something for you too. All right. I have this. Okay, what the fuck so is that? So someone gave it to me. It's Michelot, Micheladas. Mi oh, Michelada oh, gummy my bear. Gummy Micheladas bears. are my favorite thing in the world. Oh my God. Yeah, so you like, yeah, you're... Salty, spicy, 
tangy sour that's where i'm going i have a jar of pickles i'm trying to get into a pickle phase in my life just because it seems like a healthier snack i love pickles i eat pickles and olives all the time i hate olives are my food that i don't want in my life i i know a lot of people that are very anti-olive mushrooms used to be on that list but i've matured that makes sense i can eat mushrooms that makes sense well you know all food aversions are texture based (laughs) it's all texture no i didn't know that it's mostly texture. They start in childhood. And I know a girl that's a childhood food therapist. And her specialty is working with children who, like, won't eat bananas or won't eat avocados. These are other, like, big food aversions for people. And they carry into adulthood for some people. But I have friends that, like, won't eat certain foods. Like, I have this friend who won't eat cold food. Like, he hates salad. He hates, like, anything served cold it's honestly kind of a trigger for me because I, I just don't like picky eaters, but I've thought about hiring him a session with this therapist because it's like grow up, grow up. But I love, yeah. Tangy, spicy, salty. What are my other no, no foods? Um, I don't really have, but how about not even just foods now? I'm curious about like, you know, you talked about the dessert menu and that like seeing that super chocolatey thing. What are your other like restaurant pet peeves or like culinary choices out and about or people that you go out to eat with because i also hate a picky i hate people i don't like going out to eat with people who don't like seafood that bothers me that's a huge one for me that's a huge one for me i you're not gonna i want to share a shrimp cocktail i want to get a half a dozen oysters like i want to start with a ceviche and it frustrates me when i can't do that first of all i feel like we should go out to lunch when you're back from new york and get some ceviche second of all I'm on the same page. I want to get. Oh yeah, I went to found the oyster table. because of you. You truly are one of my top influencers. I really do whatever you do on the internet. What's that, Mariscos? Have you ever been to that like ceviche place in Silver Lake on Sunset? I don't That's, really like, go Mariscos a lot of places. I would. Yeah, I don't go that many. I'm places. taking you to the ceviche place I when love you're back. Ceviche. But me fucking too. I, 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 if there's a branzino on the menu or like a nice white fish, I, I want to get it and I want to share that with the table. Mm. I, I. I love just when the bones are in my mouth, just taking the bones, I'm flinging them on the floor of the restaurant. I'm taking the fish head and I'm eating the fish eye and I'm eating the fish cheeks. Is it good or is it for shock value? It's depending on how the fish is prepared. If it's like a really tasty, like fried or saucy fish, like it's delicious. Mm. Yeah. I grew up, my mom would go buy fish heads, fish heads because they're cheaper from Whole Foods and steam a pot of fish heads and we'd eat the brains the cheeks the eyes and it's really nutritious there's like crazy omega-3s in the fish heads like when i have kids i'm gonna make them eat fish heads it's like good for their brains you want kids i am loosely curious i'm staying open-minded and i don't know what if they're a picky eater they won't be because i honestly I wouldn't let it happen. I would expose them to so many foods. That would be my number one priority. I've talked about this now for over a decade, but one time when I was waitressing, this young, young girl ordered garlic shrimp and I like loved it. I loved seeing a little child eating garlic shrimp. I loved it. Dude, are you a big reader? No, but I'm getting into it. I have some books right now. I'm kind of getting excited, but I'm not at all. I want to recommend a book to you. I just want to make sure I get the name right. It's about, it's a nonfiction book about grocery stores and like the evolution of the modern grocery store. And it's like an expose into like, like one of the chapters is all about shrimp and Thai shrimp and like the horrible oh, yeah. Thai shrimp. I know it's kind of depressing, but it's, I would it's, read, the, that sounds good. I, it sounds like, some, do you know that famous um, photograph that's like, 
Yes, the Nine Night Store. store. Yeah, <laughs> I love I it. Love that photo. I love it. <laughs> this book is called The Secret Life of Groceries by Benjamin Lore. If anyone out there is kind of a like your um, your TV show that you work on, Secret Life of It's so true. My in, my interests are like slowly closing in on themselves. It's so sad, but. The whole first chapter is about Trader Joe's and it, as a Trader Joe's freak, it, it's, and a business owner, it blew my mind. Trader Joe's is the founder of Trader Joe's, like the most inspiring, iconoclastic genius. Oh, thank God. I genius. got so scared. I was like, No, what? he's not a bad guy. He's amazing. He's amazing. And it's, it's inspiring, like the way that he would view problems and like in a totally different way than everyone else and solve them. He's can you give an, an example? Because I'm so curious. I can wait to read. So the whole model of Trader Joe's is um, maximum sales per square foot. So it's like the items that are going to be more expensive and packed into least less space. Because also every Trader Joe's is really small. That's like part of it. It's like keeping the cost down by getting small land and like the parking lot is really small and it's cost per square foot. So like. What do we think of when we think of Trader Joe's vitamins? And that was like one of their first big sellers. It's like cost per square foot alcohol. Like every Trader Joe's from the beginning started with a robust alcohol section. Nuts, like nuts are a big seller at Trader Joe's. And he would like disrupt the supply chains completely. It's like for wine, he didn't know anything about wine, but he gave himself, he was like, we have to start selling wine. And he became a crash course expert in wine and would like go to France, like drive to vineyards, like meet people. He like disrupted and changed the way that the American grocery stores sell wine. Also, he figured out it was like post World War II. He's like starting like the seventies or something, but it was basically like after the GI bill of World War II, everyone went to college. So he was like assessing and forecasting trends. He's like, we're about to have a generation of people in their like thirties and forties that are overeducated and like all went to college and are going to want to express themselves through their groceries and like express their worldliness, their education, like assert themselves. They know more about the world. They've been exposed to more things. And like, I could create a store that creates the illusion of choice and the illusion of like worldliness and it's like a place because the grocery store is not just a place where we go buy groceries. It's like all an expression of ourselves. It's how we like assert meaning in this world. And like, it's, it's all just so interesting. Grocery store is not just a grocery store. What else? No, I love I, grocery store. And even, so I was in Finland um, working on something a few months ago and I mentioned to the wife of the director, I go, yeah, I've like loved going into all the stores and and seeing everything. And she goes, oh, I've heard. And so like the director thought it was so weird that we were like obsessed, but all three of us girls, like every single store we took forever. I wanted to look at every package, every little thing, what is different and try everything different. Every candy. Like I love grocery stores at me and my mom. I love going grocery shopping. Like I do really enjoy that. Even though I'm not a, a cooker, I'm an assembler maybe. And I love grocery store shopping. Same. I feel like I have a sister right now. Yeah. Like I'm bursting and busting inside. I have two things off that. And I was just in France and the, the one aisle that blew my mind that we don't have anything similar to in America, the French love puddings. And in every grocery store, they have a giant, like whole aisle long refrigerator of different puddings in these precious glass jars, like all kinds. My favorite thing is they have a lot of creme brulees. So you get like a little creme brulee pot and you sprinkle the sugar on, you put it in your oven and it makes like a perfect creme brulee, like delicious chocolate. I mean, I don't like chocolate, but like chocolate puddings and fruit puddings, like it's a whole thing. Not puddings, like puddings makes it sound gross, but do you know what I mean? I like, do, yeah. 
Okay, my second thing is, where are you doing your grocery shopping in LA? I don't. Okay, you're doing it online. Yeah, I um, I have a hard time, but I love Trader Joe's. I love their pre-made mm-hmm. salads. Like, I'm near Target. I have a Super A. I have a lot near me. I have a Sprouts near me, and I'm just like, mm. I, I don't know if it's because I'm on the road all the time. There, I just have issues, and I'm not. I've not made LA my home where I'm like buying. Gro- I'm not organized enough right now in this studio. It's just like not my era of food shopping. I get that. Yeah, you're on the road all the time. You're you're yeah, so like wandering sometimes nomad. I on the car from the airport or something, I'll just put an order in for groceries to come the next day and then I just have them for whatever time. But it's simple. It's like cereal, eggs, turkey. Like it's it's simple stuff. I'm not really or frozen food, frozen bean and cheese burritos. Oh my god, get out of here. Are you air <laughs> are you air frying? What are we I, no micro I I really am not making stuff. Okay. It's sad. But I, no, I live next to that. a great um, street. I'm just trying not to eat out as much right now. I'm trying to just be simple and like eat grapes and eggs and call it a day. Um, <laughs> just like not care as much. Like I, I just put in so much thought into eating all the time. Um, but I, we have such a great block of food. So where are you? To me, my like comfort go to order. I'm getting a lot of sweet greens. Sweet greens like a big part of my diet. I, hate I don't know why I just brought. Yeah, it's very. I've tried. I tried because of you. Because you put your orders online. My friends like it, and I've tried and tried, and I just don't want it. I don't want it at okay. all. Okay, I'd I, rather not have a Caesar salad kit from the grocery store. What? That's. I'd rather have that than a sweet green. I am. I always find that I'm the one person in the writers room who likes sweet green, I, and I really genuinely like it. I. Well, you know, I, you want to know why? Because their secret ingredient is they put salt in everything, and you fucking love salt. No way. Yeah, they like salt the lettuce. It's like extra salty. Oh no! But that's why you love but, it. <laughs> well, I've been trying to like recreate my favorite sweet green salads at home, and it kind of works. It's so funny that you just said that because yesterday I tried to recreate a harvest bowl, which is my favorite sweet green salad. It's like chicken goat cheese apples basil onions like it's like that kind of fall flavors roasted sweet potatoes and I did everything I was like so proud of myself I like roasted and marinated and did all the things and I was eating and I was like it's not salty I'm like should I just like add salt to this salad something's off about it but I was like I'm not gonna add salt to a salad that's weird you're blowing my mind yeah that's what it is Okay, <laughs> you just really fucking so just my put a fucking little, mind. Put a little salt in your salad. What's the worst that can happen? Put a little salt in your salad. It's like whatever. Put a little salt. My in go-to there. comfort is bad. It's like I want a cheeseburger. I want a Big Mac. I want something like that. I want. I love. I love fast food. Yeah, I do too. Oh, I What's love mac one? and cheese. I want a pasta, a pizza, Domino's, something that tastes the same. Like if or my, another treat I love when I'm coming back from a long. Um, stretch on the road i like to order sugar fish from the car and then when i'm home because oh. sh- sugar fish delivery takes like 75 minutes maybe more if 80 you're lucky. 100 if you're yeah. Lucky. yeah so sometimes from the airport i'll do a sugar fish and like enjoy my life as you deserve after being on the road and doing what you do i'm a big taco bell girl me too that's my number one uh cheesy but i'm trying not to do so i, I know I, I try to really limit myself it's so 
but I got and too once you hardcore. Get a taste. It's too good. So, um, do you know Jenna Friedman and? Mm. Yes. Josh. So her husband, Josh, is a musician. He's in the band Junior Junior. And he mentioned offhand that his music has been used in Taco Bell commercials. So I couldn't believe it. I mentioned it on the podcast. Suddenly, the person who works at the company that does the commercials or something, like the manager listens to the podcast. And I have hundreds of dollars worth of $10 Taco Bell gift cards. I'm like... I, I just squirted a I little know, but bit. But I've given them mostly away, and I keep them in my car in here, but usually I'm like Postmates. So it's like I've not even really oh, used you them. Yeah. <laughs> but I have so many Taco Bell. I love Cheesy Gordita. I have a Taco Bell bikini. Like, I truly want uh, a Taco Bell truck at my wedding. Like, Cheesy Gordita Crunch is so good to me. So good, and it goes back to the gummy clusters. It's the crunch and the soft together drive me crazy. Yeah. Drives me crazy. My all-time favorite Taco Bell menu item, no longer on the menu, a double-decker, a hard taco wrapped with, like, a little bit of refried beans mm. on the outside and then a soft... Ch- uh, refried beans are, like, my number one That's, comfort food. Yes. Beans. Beans are, like, in the Caroline Food Pyramid, it's, like, beans, tin fish, gummy candy, like, spicy pickles. I, I hate black beans. beans. I only want refried beans only. I love all beans. You got to open your mind up to beans. I try. I mean, they're everywhere. They're like forced down my throat, but. (laughs) I love beans and I love Taco Bell. If you ever, have you been to the Taco Bell? I'm surprised. Cantina? You must have. The tasting kitchen in Irvine. No. I'm very shocked you have it because you're a Taco Bell influencer. No. So what, what is it? Do you make an appointment? So the headquarters are in Irvine and I feel like they'll often invite influencers comedians like you're right in their kill zone people that love taco bell and you can go try like their test it's invite only you can try their new items they'll also i don't know if they still do this they'll do like a taco bell thanksgiving so around thanksgiving time they'll like invite a bunch of people and have a whole thanksgiving dinner it's my dream i have to start talking about taco bell more and more i would love to do that i love and i love subbing stuff like all sometimes because if i'm ordering a bunch of stuff i'll be like yeah i'll do a cheesy order to drunk let's try it with potatoes this time or like Mm. let me do this and that like i i think a crunch wrap supreme is not as good as everyone says like because it's that doesn't have the the crunch it doesn't have enough crunch i'm doing a i love a crunch wrap but they're big they're the size of a like a big bird yeah. like they're so big. yeah it's like a frisbee it's a frisbee it's but it's, it's also like quite a lot it's like a hexagon it's really wild it's a miracle in modern engineering but i'm newer like, to ta- like taco bell i didn't get into until like 24 25 even yeah. later like it was i grew up mcdonald's was like everything to me and it still is everything yeah i recently got like fresh fresh fries like me and my friend like <gasps> hot fr- it was like wow fr- it was I, so good have you ever heard about the old recipe of mcdonald's fries no okay so back in the i think in the early 90s like it was during our lifetime and all before the fries were fried in beef tallow beef fat and they were apparently so much better because now they're just fried in some fucking gross vegetable oil they were so much better if you can even imagine that mcdonald's fries used to be even better but in that heart health low fat craze of the 90s some like asshole did a class action suit against mcdonald's being like i ate your fries for years and they gave me heart disease so it was some fucking you know how oh, i you thought know how it was America gonna is. be a vegetarian i thought it was like a vegetarian maybe thing. it was that 
too, but then McDonald's had to change their whole recipe and make it more heart healthy, which is so ridiculous. It was probably healthier when they were f fried in a beef fat than now in this gross inflammatory vegetable oil. So we will never know what could have been. It's a litigious culture. It's a, you know how America is very litigious. Wait, and do you love caviar? Do I love caviar? Yeah, I love, I love caviar. I love, I love fish eggs. I love also like the, when you go to a sushi place and you just get the smelt eggs, like the baby eggs, yeah. uh, just a, like a million of those on a tiny piece of rice. That's my favorite. Yeah. I Even love like the big it. salmon roe ones, like a bread, like Russian bread with butter and like those big ass orange balls is so good to me. Beyond. Beyond. Um, hot tip, caviar from Costco. They've got great caviar. No way. Hot tip. That is a hot tip. It's a hot tip. You got to get your big ticket items at Costco like that. Caviar. I don't have any more. My parents buy salmon caviar. from uh, Costco. They love the salmon. Oh, are you kidding? The smoked salmon? I think just regular salmon. Like they, uh, they like the salmon. It's great. I'm right there with them. If I had more time in my life, I'd be going to Costco and like getting smoked salmon, like cutting it up, wrapping it, See, putting it in the freezer. That makes me a little jealous. Like I love your um... ingenuity. I don't even know what that means. Like I'm care, like carefulness, thoughtfulness, uh, process. Like you'll cook something for a few hours. You'll, you'll make the trip. You'll cut the thing. You'll put, you'll wait. Patience, patience. Like patience. I'm a little Food. haphazard. So patience. When well, I your see lifestyle, your I mean, you're stuff. on the road. You have to be everywhere at every time. Like I'm a little more centered in LA and it probably gives me the luxury of, planning and it's thoughtfulness inspiring. and like maybe instead of jealousy it's like inspiring like i love being like yeah i'm gonna go to costco get caviar i'm gonna put some cucumbers in this water um, yes I'm gonna yes <laughs> yes it's well i think that it's a coping mechanism for me i'm learning like instead of maybe putting the time into my career or like introspecting and like working on my emotional inner life or like working on being an avoidant person or all my issues it's so much easier for me to be like all right what meal prepping am I going to do this week? Or like, whoa, like that's such a more comfortable, the arena of the home nesting. That's where I'm comfortable. That's my comfort zone. That's my comfort food. Yeah. Nesting. We were, I was just talking with my boyfriend about this last night and Wait, how it's really hard for me to, is this, who is this guy? Tom Trevini. I don't, I don't think know. you know him. Well, I don't know. But when we were in Eric Andre's room, you were about to go on a date and meet yes. someone so i didn't know if that was this person or not i think it was cool um he's great he well we were having a deep conversation about how it's really hard for me to open up and he's like i just don't feel like i know about your inner life as much as i would like to and i'm like in my head i'm like i don't know if there's that much there but he's like it's just so much easier for you to like talk about what workouts you're going to do and like what food you're making as is evidenced by this podcast. I mean, what was I able to talk about for an hour, but food. So it's actually, <laughs> it's the best thing. Wait, so you're not, so he wants to know more about your inner soul and you're like, no, thank you. I'm like, no, thank you. I don't know how much there is there. I just don't have that facility to talk about my emotions, that skill. I didn't grow up doing it. I, I grew up in a very it. emotionally devoid family. I mean, his mom's a therapist. Like it's different for him. He has those skills. I don't, I, 
when someone's like, what are you feeling? Like, tell me what's going on. I like shut down. Like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know how to articulate my innermost thoughts. Also, I'm so conditioned to like keep them inside and they're like scary to share that I, I don't even have them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's dark. I'm getting it. Just got it went from sour candy to super heavy. Well, no, because I also did not grow up in a conversation. Like we didn't talk about problems or how we were feeling or what was happening in our lives. But I've been working very hard at it for like years to be because I've Dude. blown up friendships. I've cut people out. I've like, you know, things, patterns of behavior in life that are not working for me anymore. And I want real a real relationship and all these things. So I've gotten better and it's still scary, but I've gotten better in communicating or this bothers me or that's happening or I don't want to go to this or like little things like that. Um, but I've worked, I've been working really hard at it. Yeah. Through therapy. Yeah. And just like I've had a friendship, uh, I've had a friendship, female friendship expert on this show, but mm. I saw her in something else. Like I'm just constantly, but yeah, I've, I think I've outgrown my therapist though. So I have to find a new one. Me too. I'm also in a transition period with my therapist. It's hard to know. And it's, the, it's so daunting. The thought of starting over with a new person, yes. but now I have newer issues and deeper things. And maybe I just need to go more clinical route or something like that. Like I went to a, a, a witchy woman, Tara mm. witchy. And she helped me. I needed her. And it's been an amazing like four or five years. But like I the last session, I was like, oh, we're done in my head. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. You know, you got to evolve. You've got to listen to yourself. Your gut knows what's best. I know girls that have like three different therapists for different things. You can still see the witchy woman and she could give you once in a while. But I just don't want to be like scheduled with her anymore there. like maybe if I need an, a session or I need some help but like I think I'm done with her day-to-day guidance totally I I knew I was done with my therapist because I feel like I see her all the time like I'm not making progress like I, I crave the clinicalness too I want a diagnosis I want you to tell me what's wrong with me I want you to give me things to go google later but she doesn't she's just like how does that make you feel like that kind of thing and my boyfriend was like my my therapist we were talking about attachment styles do you know what those are yeah well because he of was the like, internet i'm not like an expert same but he was like my therapist thinks you're this and i was like wait what's that i never even heard of attachment styles before and him just sharing this like off the cuff observation from his therapist let me google attachment styles and read the book attached and i learned so much about myself from that one little kernel that he just like dropped and i'm like my therapist should be the one fucking opening my mind. Why is your therapist doing this for me? So you're reading, you know what I, you're reading a lot. Not really. What, do you know what attachment style you are? No. What are the options? Secure, avoidant, or anxious. All of the, I, I feel like All anxious. of the above. You can be a combo. <laughs> yeah. You can be a combo. Because what's the difference between anxious and what was the middle one? Um, An avoidant. Avoidant. Those so I'm worked. avoidant. I'm a textbook avoidant. Some might even say avoidant dismissive. Okay. But and at the uh, at, when I'm confronted with feelings or emotional intimacy, my instinct I'm paraphrasing so much is to uh, shut down, run away. And it kind of manifests in like these lies and patterns I've told myself of like, I want to be free. Like, I don't want to be tied down by a relationship right now. Like, I, it wouldn't it just be simpler to like end and run away. 
patterns that I was taught by my parents. And like, I think both my parents are avoided too. So I had no chance, but so it's like learning that these like things that come up or these patterns that come up in relationships for me, aren't like necessarily they're ingrained in me. They're from early childhood and you have to like be aware of them and learn. You should read this book attached, but um, it actually, what's the anxious must read. Anxious is like, um, you, if your partner, any like perceived rejection or like, if like, let's say you have an avoidant partner and they're like running away. You're like, what, where are you going? Do you love me? Like you need constant reassurance. And you're like afraid that like, if they're leaving or they're ignoring you or like whatever little thing, like it freaks you out and it makes you like more anxious and it, it can be like suffocating for the other person. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, a lot of people are What's anxious. What's the secure one? You're, they're just like the ones who get it. They're just like, I'm the chill, ones who get whatever. It. I don't give a fuck. I'll say what I want. They were raised in a healthy emotional household. They are secure in their attachment style. They like are capable of being emotionally intimate. They're capable of having boundaries and like understanding people's needs for space i mean they're perfect yeah <laughs> but uh, most people are a mix of two i think but i'm working towards it i think i'm becoming less avoidant and less anxious i definitely but i think um a lot of things came to head during the pandemic too i definitely had a breakdown where i cried to my friends and i was like you hate me you guys hate me and they're like truly we don't hate you but no. it was because the patterns of um how close we were changed because we were in a pod together then the world opened up and i was like oh are we not friends anymore but it's like no we're just have our lives but I, I did get stressed you should read this book I, it, it really attached. I'm just scared I'm gonna get rid of this therapist and then not find one for a bit but I sh I should I'm also I'll forward you an email I have that's been passed along to me of like LA based therapists that like might be worth looking into all right yeah I would love that look I'm I'm in the business of lifting up Lifting up ladies. I know a couple of my friends want me to see a psychiatrist and my sister started taking um, like low dose anxiety and it's helped her, but I'm still so scared of all that. Everyone's on something on an SSRI. I know. I don't know. I know. I get it. I'm not. But I think I also it's because like, I'm like scared that then everything will get better and then it'll be like, fuck, why didn't I do this for 15 years or whatever? It's the beginning it's like of so your life. You're young. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, maybe I could just be anxious, whatever. You're like, it gives me my edge. But it seems like your boyfriend is secure and down to bring things up and. Yeah, it's mind blowing. It. He like loves to talk and get deep and get emotionally intimate. I really struggle with it, though. I, I mean, maybe it's like a comedy person type thing. It's like I I'm so uncomfortable sharing my innermost feelings, my thought like. I'm so comfortable in the shallow space, like up here, like joking, keeping it light, like talking about gummies, but going a level deeper, that muscle is not, I need to work that muscle a lot more. You gotta like work this, it. The shallow muscle, the shallow conversational muscle is strong. Well, we're talking about that in romantic, like with romantic, but what about with friendships? Like what is your argument I, style with friends? That's the thing. I, I feel like I have a lot of friends, close friends, but my version of a close friend, I think I'm learning is very different than my friend's version of a close friend. Like I've had friends come to me and like, once I read this book and I was like bringing this stuff to my friends, they're like, yeah, like I just have accepted that. Like, you're not the person that I'm going to like have those deep conversations with or get that close to. And you just might not have the capacity 
I don't know. I'm, I'm really trying, but it's like, they're like, I never know how you're feeling. Like, that's the thing that's come up. Like, I'm just not used to, if I'm mad, like I'll swallow it down. I don't want to talk about it. I'm a people pleaser. I also grew up in a family of like a broken family. My parents divorced when I was like one. And I was just like, anticipating their needs and being like a parent to both of my emotionally stunted parents a lot of the time. So I'm more comfortable anticipating people's needs. Like, are they okay? It's not about me. It's not about my feelings. And so it's, I, I don't even know my feel. Like I, I literally like need a printed out list of feelings when I'm in therapy. Cause I don't even know how to label and identify feelings. I'm so detached. Wow. I know it's kind of weird. Do you do any like mushroom vibes or anything like that or try all to like, you do it all above, all of the above. Of course. I'm pretty much constantly coasting on edibles. Most days, more days than not. I love that. I'm coasting on edibles. <laughs> I'm coasting on a low, coasting on a low dose. I love it. Like a 2.5 in the afternoon. Forget about it. That's nothing. 2.5. Maybe I don't even know how you make okay a 10. <laughs> now you're like, now I'm listening. <laughs> 2.5 is crazy. Oh, I should buy edibles before my trip. You better, yeah. Just have some candies for all these flights. I'm also going to Austin for like a day in the middle of all of it. And this is to do stand up. Well, New York will be a fun weekend. Then Austin, we were supposed to go do our podcast for three days. I did get cast in Michelle Buteau's show. Um, huge, huge. Congrats. So that starts filming. So we canceled a few dates, but we're still doing Austin. But then they're like, we have to do costumes on Wednesday. I'm like, okay, I'll fly back as early as I can. Wait, by the way, um, imagine my surprise when I'm in the theater watching oh, Nope, yeah. <laughs> and I'm in a packed theater. And you come up on screen. I, I screamed. I was like, with, I don't remember who I was with. I, was like, I, know. I freaked out. I freaked. So I can't believe I forgot to say that until this point. Congrats. Thank you. I lost my mind. It was really fun. I felt special and cool for sure being there. You are special and, and cool. I've talked about it, but a big thing that I did that I've never really done. I went to the premiere by my, I, I went to the party alone with no Good friends and it was kind of wild at a hip restaurant. Do you know mother wolf or something? Yes, Everyone's I know. Everyone's obsessed. Wolf. You're not impressed. Everyone's. Everyone no, loves I am. it. I'm I feel I like been. there were some Emmy parties there too. Like it feels like that's the place I to be. I believe it. That's hip. It's like Italian food, right? I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I, it's too cool for me. I can't get in. No, I never got of in. You. No, <laughs> and I'm I'm coasting on your coolness right I'm now. I'm glad I got it. It was like um, such a small part, so I didn't want to make a big deal about it. But I did feel cool being in it. You know what I mean? Um, I made a big deal. I truly screamed. I, I like yelped when you came up. <laughs> that makes me happy. I yelped. I fully yelped. I wait. No, that's a big deal. So that's how a big did deal. it feel though with your friends being like, yeah, you're just not the person I come to for that. Well, as you know, I'm detached from so my you're feelings. Just detached. So just detached. No, I mean, it's not like that. Like how, how else are my female friendships? I mean, it's just the, the, when I'm mad, like the problems will happen. It's like when I'm mad and I'm acting weird, but I'm not just being like, Hey, I'm mad because of this. Let's talk about it. The problems happen when I swallow it down and I try to cope and I try to like act like everything's normal. Do you try to talk yourself out of your feelings? Or are you like, no, that's not that big of a deal. They actually didn't do it. Or you still are, do you still feel valid in how you felt? I also, I'm an, 
I, I think, okay, I'm a little into astrology. I'm a textbook Aries and like, I can be mad one second, but I forgive and forget. Like I can move on so quickly. And I, I feel like if I feel hurt, it can be, it's like quick kind of, right? Like I don't like stew in it or fester in it, but I don't know, maybe I actually do and I don't realize it. What sign are you? I'm a Virgo. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Loyal and judgmental organizing. Yes. Beyonce. End of sentence. Yeah. Well, and ludicrous. And Richard Gere. My other Beyonce ludicrous. <laughs> and Richard Gere, my third. Um, no, Virgo's like, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a bit of a Virgo whore. I think Virgos are the best sign. Like they just are. I am sorry. I'm, I, I love Aries. I love my sign and stuff, but it's like undisputed number one Virgo. If I had a kid, I'd want it to be a Virgo. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I think we're fine. I mean, but I, we hold, I hold on to stuff. Like uh, I, there's one slight, it's like, it takes me forever. I got like corrected in public yesterday and I was like, it took, I had to be like, this doesn't matter. It won't matter tomorrow. Nothing matters. Relax. But in my head, I was like, I'll fucking kill her. I, I just don't get hurt that easily. And I, and I just mm. am able to move on so easily. And I, I, I wish I weren't like, I wish I could take a moment be like, this is how I feel. It hurt me because of this. Like I need to work on that side of myself, but I'm like, I could be hurt and like embarrassed, but I'll be over it in like five minutes and I'm just on to the next thing. No, it's also my sister's in Aries. Um, and then one of my former super close friends, but we're not really close anymore, but no. yeah. But my sister, a true Aries, bossy. Are you bossy? I'm bossy. I'm very competitive. Mm. Like if I, it's very hard for me to play board games because I get really, I'm not like a sore loser or like a sore winner or anything, but like I have to win. Um, I, I just have to win. Yeah. I'm like, like trivia is like really hard for me. I, yeah. Well, you, so you have a lot of Aries women or like have had Aries women in your yeah, life. Yeah. But my sister is just like very controlling. And then we all just kind of do what she says. Well, is she an April Aries <laughs> or a March Aries? April. April ones are, they've got sometimes like the bad Aries qualities are a little heightened in April Aries. That's very, I'm like Aries snob. I'm a March Aries. I didn't even know March had Aries. We're at the very end. Actually, the friend and my sister have the exact same birthday. Mm. My ex and my niece have the same birthday. And what is that birthday, and a please? friend. Uh, May 2nd. Mm, Taurus, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know, actually. I think it's Taurus. It is. Mm. I, yeah, I do like astrology. Are you into it? Is it lame? I do. I mostly only know about me. But I, mm -hmm. like, I did a podcast yesterday and I, had, I got to sit with an energy healer. Um, I'll do tarot. I'll do any. Uh, I lean in. I want all it all. Above. Same. And I saw this once online and I don't know, but it's like the moon mm -hmm. controls the fucking tides. I know. But we think we're unaffected. We're um, water. Yeah. Like, I, I just think like to dismiss the stars and planets and moons on their effect on us is like naive and stupid. And it's like judgment. I don't get it. Totally. Of course, I don't think it's a hundred percent science, but it's like, I know a lot of Virgos and we have a lot of similarities. <laughs> like we do. I'm sure I'm, there's a type ones, but like, or atypical, but yeah, I'm a, no, no, no. I'm, I'm very much all in side note. How many podcasts do you have? I only have two. Oh, okay. Um, but I just went on Brad Woolick's and it's like, it's called funny energy and it's basically, he brings his energy healer and a comic on and then she heals. 
Okay. I'm sorry. I thought you had more than two. No, just two. But <laughs> always chatting. Yeah, you're you're killing it. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm having fun. You're having fun. Even when you said you're worried about your career, it's like, that's what's so fucked. It's like, we're all doing great, but always stressed. And that's just humanity in life. Yeah, it's true. I I don't know. I, I wish we had more of ability for work-life balance in this industry. I wish, in the not goes to Europe once, but I, it's like in Europe, they get summers off and you're encouraged to take vacations. And I feel like if I'm not in LA and I'm not like having generals or I'm not like, pitching a show like I'm flailing or falling behind and I'm just always comparing myself to other people and I don't know travel really does help me like and you travel all the time but it's you travel for work but getting out of LA and like going to another country and being removed from the industry is always so helpful I think I mean who'd man, you go to France with I went with some work friends but I I I had a friend I love that you have such a famous boss too that you sent this tinned fish to Mindy loves tinned fish. It's I know. Well, because I follow her because she did what you did. She like did your recipe. You influenced her as well. She she I look, she's a fellow foodie. She fucking loves food. She loves tinned fish. Like, can you imagine? Mindy loves tinned fish. Like my imagine my surprise when I find <laughs> this out. I was like just in the early stages of Fishwife and like telling the writer's room about it. And one of the guys who's worked with her for a million years was like, did you know that Mindy loves tin fish? She like eats sardines all the time. I mean, get out of here. Get wow. the fuck out of here. You know, I'm walking. I have to go eat. I have to eat some tin fish right now. I know. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to go get some crackers and tin fish and sardines right now. You don't, you don't have it in your cabinet. You got to have a stock. No, I don't. I finish. Um, bef- yeah, I had some oysters that I, I no I don't have any oh, stop judging don't sleep me. on Trader <laughs> Joe's don't sleep on the Trader Joe's mussels mussels are amazing I don't know if they they're your amazing. thing but the Trader Joe's mussels are they're like in a sauce oh they're so in a can so good like keep 10 that of those in your so cat. cool but no, um no. okay I know we have to end and we I have could've... to plug something tell me Tell us where oh, yeah. to find you, what to do, everything. But we can also dismount in any way you'd like. But I'm happy that you're with this, like, emotional boyfriend. That seems, like, positive. It's cool. It's very cool. Uh, relationships are but, hard. But has any friendship ended in your life? Like, has there been some, like, has there ever been a time where there is a fight or a blowout or anything? Like, yes, Have you course. been pushed to the limit? Okay. I have a habit of getting in really close relationships with women and we collaborate on things and it ends really badly. That's my pattern. And I'm going to say more to tell you offline. And can I just say part of our dismount, and I could have just texted you this offline, but when you're in LA next, I would love to take you out for ceviche and give you some Percy pigs. And if I get my box of tin fish, some tin fish from the box. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll talk some shit. So everyone buy Fishwife, official Sean Penn, and then season two is probably going to take a yeah, while, right? They're it's coming out at filming. Thanksgiving. It's going to be here so soon. No way. Yeah, season two is coming out at Thanksgiving. Are people working faster nowadays? That's like... I don't know. They have us wow. on a strict schedule. Season one came out Thanksgiving last year, and then we started right after, and I'm looking at cuts right now and doing ADR jokes. It's, it's on track for Thanksgiving. My new favorite thing on Instagram, I follow a Foley artist. Oh! You're speaking my language. I love that. All right. 
All right. Thank you so much. That was so fun. Thanks for having me. That was the episode. Did you love it? I fucking hope so. Um, We'll see you next week or not. I'm actually quite busy and I really don't know how I'm going to get everything done in my life. But we're all trying our best and I will see you guys soon. Enemies is a headgum podcast. Anya Konevskaya is our supervising producer. Ali Kahan is our associate producer. Rochelle Chen is our engineer, editor, and producer. And me, Lisa Traeger. I am also a producer. Hello. Thank you so much, Carly Jean Andrews, for the cover art. You are incredible. Jeff Krause, thank you for the theme music. I love it. Please follow me on Instagram, at Glitter Cheese and at Enemies Podcast. Rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Tell us about your own enemies by emailing enemiesthepodcast at gmail.com. But really, I'd love to hear your beautiful voices. So email us a voice memo or call in and leave a message at 323-677-1943. That was a HeadGum Podcast.